we're going to start uh, a study, a verse-by-verse study of the books of First and Second Timothy. Um, I am choosing a title of Timothy the Apprentice uh, for the series. Uh, so that's my title for the series, Timothy the Apprentice. Uh, we'll discuss much of this tonight, but Timothy served under and with the Apostle Paul, and this was a way that God used to train Timothy. Now, uh, tonight is mostly a introduction message. We're just going to read a couple verses, and then we're going to get a whole lot of background out of the way so we can move forward uh, with that understanding. Uh, so, But the reasoning behind the name Timothy the Apprentice is uh, an apprentice is someone who desires to do something specific, and then they find someone that is wise and experienced in that area, and then they work with and train with that person so that they can then one day go out and do that very same thing. Uh, this is what Timothy does with Paul. Uh, so that's how I came up with that name. Uh, could you imagine, though, you're getting saved and uh, someone walks up to you right after you get saved and you're excited that you just found Jesus and they hand you a Bible and they say, okay, now it's your turn, go preach. You know, that'd be, that'd be tough. I, I don't know, maybe there's someone out there who could do it, but uh, I, I don't know that I'd have very many productive things to say at that point, especially I was only seven, so, you know, there's that. But, uh, you know, you need a little bit of training, right? You need to know a few things and how to do a few things. Uh, one of the places I used to work in, it was a factory, uh, they, for some reason, love to just throw someone right in. You know, you, you show up and they're like, okay, here you go. You're working today. You're not learning. You're working. And uh, I don't know if it's because they were so shorthanded uh, when they hired me or what the deal was, but they would just walk you through. You kind of very quickly see where everything is, and you're just trying in your mind the whole time remember where the bathroom was, you know, because that's a big deal. Got to know where that's at. And then they walk up to a machine, and the guy uh, does a couple things, and he says, okay, here you go. And I'm standing there like, here I go, what? <laughs> like, here I go, keep watching or what? No, no, I had to go up there. And uh, parts would come out of this machine. And it was controlled by somebody else who put the parts into the machine. And uh, so it goes however fast that they want to go. And so for the first five minutes, they were very nice. You know, they put one in every, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. And so you'd have to catch this thing. Then you have to stack it up very specifically. Uh, and, and if it wasn't right, then they'd have to stop everything and you'd have to fix it all. And so about five minutes or so in, they decide they were just going to have fun. And they go as fast as they can. And there's parts all over the place. And things are banging around. And everybody's looking at you. And they can barely see you because you've got parts like this high around you. And uh, so they didn't... Uh, they, they thought it was fun to just throw you in. Uh, they didn't uh, necessarily train you all that well at first. After that, they kind of tell you some things as you go. Uh, but having some training and some knowledge and working with someone that has that knowledge and experience is very beneficial. And so that's what we'll see in First uh, Timothy tonight. Uh, so if you can, turn to First Timothy. We'll go to chapter 1 and we'll start in verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Uh, so before I, I, I don't want to just rush through this book. So before we go any further, I think uh, that it'd be good if we understand the connection here between Paul and Timothy. And the best way to do that is to take a pretty deep look at Timothy's early life. So that's what we're going to do here tonight. We're going to look at Timothy's background and we'll start with Timothy's family. Uh, Timothy had good spiritual influences on him from a child. Uh, this came from his mother and grandmother. So if you flip forward to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll look at verse 5 there, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. <clears throat> it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Uh, so we have Timothy, and he was blessed to have a godly mother and a godly grandmother. And I, I feel like having godly parents is like winning the lottery. I, I really do. I feel like it's, it's the best thing that could ever happen to you in your life. I, I've seen people my own age as they've grown up, and I see kids nowadays that do not have godly parents, and I can see that it makes a huge difference. Uh, we went that the, speaking about the ones that I grew up with. Uh, we went to the same church. We heard the same messages. We were in the same youth group. But the ones that did not have godly parents, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, went way off in a different direction. And they're not living for God. They're not serving God. Uh, they're way off into the world. And, and it just makes a huge difference. Uh, the church can do great things for these kids as they grow up, but nothing compares to the influence at home, especially the influence of parents. Uh, think about how much time that we have here uh, at church with these kids. If they were to come to every single service, uh, and that's a big if, but if they did, they would, we would have about four hours a week with these kids. And that would be a very good four hours a week. We'd have a good influence on them. Uh, but the problem is, is there's 168 hours in a week. And if we only get them for four hours, that is only 2% of their week. Uh, they're also in school for somewhere around 35 hours a week. That's about 20% of their week. Now, we know that kids do not get a godly influence in the public school system. Now, uh, some schools are a little bit better in that area, but none of them are aimed at training up a child in the way of the Lord. Uh, so there's 20% there. Uh, so this means that the kids are under the influence of their parents for roughly 78% of the week. Parental influence is huge. Uh, even if parents are not involved in their kid's life, if they ignore them all day long, that still influences those kids. Uh, they look up to their parents and it makes a difference. Now just imagine that 78% of the time of a child's week, uh, they were to have a godly influence on them. That would be huge. It would make a big difference in their life. Uh, unfortunately, this is not the case for the majority of kids. Uh, like I said, it's basically like winning the lottery. I can't remember. Someone said the odds of winning like that ma major lottery. I don't know anything about lottery, but they said it's like something in one in a trillion or something like that. Uh, and, and, you know, that's like what I feel like it's like having godly parents. Uh, not only is it valuable to have godly parents, but the odds these days just seem to get lower and lower and lower than they ever were before. Timothy, he had a godly mother and a godly grandmother. And uh, these 
godly women in his life. This was huge for Timothy, for him to be able to be in the position uh, that he was in to serve God later in his life. And uh, he accept the gospel of Christ at one time in his life. Uh, so look again at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. It says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Uh, not only did Timothy's mother and grandmother have faith, uh, but they also uh, put that faith into Timothy. They passed that along onto Timothy. His mother and grandmother must have made a point to live a life of faith in front of Timothy so he could see that and, and experience that. Uh, they weren't Christians on Sunday only. Uh, they lived a life of faith every day so that Timothy could witness their life and it made an impact on him. Uh, look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. It says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Not only did Timothy's mother and grandmother live a life of faith, but they taught the ways of God to Timothy as well. Uh, verse 14 says, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And verse 15 says, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Uh, who is it uh, that he would have learned from? It would be his mother and grandmother. That is who would have taught him when he was a child. Timothy was blessed to have people in his life to teach him about the ways of God and teach him the scriptures. Uh, all parents want their kids to be successful. Usually all parents do. Uh, this is uh, why they push their kids so hard. And it seems lately that that push is all has to do with sports. Uh, but even before sports, uh, it was academics. It's you got to get all A's. You have to go to the best college kind of thing. Not that that's bad, but that's what they would push for because they want their kids to be successful. Uh, there's nothing better a parent could do for their child than to teach them the scriptures. Uh, that is setting their life up for success. No matter what path God has them on, where they end up in life, knowing his word will be a bigger benefit than anything else. They will definitely benefit from the scriptures way more than, than all this sports stuff and all this academic stuff that they could ever get. If, if you want your kids to be successful, teach them the scriptures. Uh, this is what Timothy's mother and grandmother did for him, and it prepared him to be successful in fulfilling God's will for his life later on. Now, we know that Timothy had a great godly influence from both his mother and his grandmother, but what about his father? Uh, we have to go to Acts chapter 16, verse 1 to see that, and I think that we'll see a little bit of information about his father and possibly what kind of influence he might have had on Timothy. So it's Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Acts 16, 1, it says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed. But his father was a Greek. Uh, 
Now, I'm not sure if you caught that there. At the end, it says, Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, and believed, but his father was a Greek. Uh, this clearly tells us that Timothy's mother believed. That's very clear. Uh, we know that also from the verses we read there in Second Timothy. But when it talks about his father there, uh, it doesn't say that his father believed. The verse says that his mother believed, but his father was a Greek. Uh, this is a contrast, and it's, it's more than just a Jew-Greek contrast. This was a contrast between believing and not believing. Uh, Timothy's mother believed, uh, and his father did not. This is probably why Timothy was not circumcised as a child or an infant, because his father would not have wanted that as a non-believer. Uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother probably became believers when Paul first went to Lystra. Uh, so turn over a page or two to Acts 14 and verse 6. Acts 14 verse 6. It says, They were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about, and there they preached the gospel. Uh, this is when the gospel reached and was preached to the area that Timothy's family lived in. Uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother already knew the Old Testament scriptures and believed in God, but this would be when they would have first heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then they would have put their faith in Jesus. Uh, when we consider the passage in Acts 16, we can see that Timothy's mother and grandmother must have accepted the gospel uh, that Paul preached in these verses, and Timothy's father must not have accepted the gospel then. Uh, Timothy had great godly influence from his mother and grandmother, uh, but not from his father. And, and I think that's probably one reason why God used Paul so greatly in Timothy's life. Uh, he needed that godly father figure and influence on him to help him uh, through his ministry. Now, we're looking at the background of Timothy tonight, and we looked at Timothy's family. Now, let's look at Timothy's salvation, Timothy's salvation. Now, this is, uh, I think, a little bit tricky. Uh, we have to look at two passages here and compare them to see Timothy's salvation. Uh, so, first, it is 1 Timothy 1, 1 and 2. We'll go back there. We'll probably be back in, yeah, we'll be back in Acts, so if you want to hold your place there. Uh, 1 Timothy 1, 1 and 2 again. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, mine own son in the faith. Uh, so the phrase there, my, my own son in the faith, gives us evidence that Paul had a part in converting Timothy. Uh, Paul played a part in Timothy's salvation, Timothy uh, accepting and putting complete faith in Jesus Christ as his Savior. Uh, now, the next passage we're going to look at is back in Acts chapter six, 16, this time verse 3, Acts 16, 3. I'm in 14. 16, Acts 16, 3. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, talking about Timothy, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. 
Uh, this is probably the role that Paul plays in Timothy's complete acceptance of Jesus Christ as Savior. Uh, we know that Timothy grew up with knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures. We read that in 2 Timothy. And we know that his mother and grandmother were faithful and helped show Timothy what faith is. But it seems that Timothy's uh, father might have been holding back his son Timothy from fully converting to salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, having a knowledge of salvation does not save you. Uh, you can go to church every single service. You can read your whole Bible through every single year. You can even preach and teach the Bible. But if you don't fully accept Jesus Christ alone and put your complete faith in him uh, to be your savior, then none of the, all of that rest of it made any difference in your salvation. Uh, it's about faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's not about knowledge or what you know uh, or where you go even. Uh, salvation is not made with knowledge. Salvation is not made in the mind. It happens in the heart with complete faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts 16, we see that Paul wants Timothy to go and serve with him. So uh, we see Timothy take the final step here and or a full step into believing. And this also aids in the Jews accepting Timothy uh, as a believer, so it benefits Timothy's ministry. Uh, Timothy's father was a Greek, so the Jews may not have accepted him as a preacher, uh, may not have listened to what he preached uh, because of his father being a Greek. So this aided in that situation as well. Uh, Paul having a role in Timothy's salvation, uh, we see that here. And it's shown in Paul's statement that Timothy was his own son in the faith. Uh, this is believed to be the first meeting between Paul and Timothy, and it's really the start of a great work for Christ with these two meeting. Uh, so we looked at Timothy's family, and we looked at Timothy's salvation. Now let's look at Timothy's service. Timothy's service. We know that Timothy got saved, and that he had a good childhood growing up uh, with teachings from Scripture, but it didn't end at salvation for him. He didn't get saved and then just sit in the temple and not do anything. Uh, Timothy goes on to serve the Lord. Uh, so first I want to look at Timothy's early service. Uh, Timothy's first uh, service was joining Paul right after his conversion. So uh, Acts 16 again, I believe we're still all there. Acts 16 verse 4, this is right after uh, where we read that Paul wanted to take him with him, and he goes with him. It says in verse 4, And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Uh, we'll stop there. Uh, but what we see here is that they go uh, to all the churches throughout this area. And this would be the area that Timothy already was living in. So Paul shows up, he uh, preaches uh, there and he, Timothy basically puts his complete faith in Jesus Christ and he gets circumcised and then Paul takes him with him uh, to, to help him in ministering to all of these churches in that area. And we see that uh, they were part of a great work there. The church grew daily, it said. That would be amazing. I'd love that. Uh, so Paul preached in these churches and gave directions to these churches and Timothy was with them along the way to help Paul and also to learn from Paul along the way. 
Uh, some point after this, Timothy gets ordained by the church to preach and teach the word. First uh, Timothy 4.14, if you want to go to First Timothy 4.14. It says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Uh, so that was uh, basically speaking of Timothy being ordained in the church to preach and teach the word of God. Uh, Paul was one of the ones that were there when Timothy got ordained. 2 Timothy 1.6. If you want to turn a couple pages to 2 Timothy 1.6. It says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Uh, so that's Paul playing a part in uh, Timothy being ordained to preach and teach the word of God. One of the main reasons this was done was because there were false teachers in this day. And this was a way to know if someone was teaching the truth of the gospel or if they were not, and they were a false teacher at that point. Uh, Timothy must have, uh, you know, he went on that first trip with, with Paul right after his salvation, and he must not have gotten scared on that first missionary trip because he goes on to serve the Lord. You know, I, it, you know sometimes things like that are make you nervous. You know, you go on your first missionary trip, you don't really know what's going to happen, especially in the time and area that Paul, you know, he was running from people at, from time to time. Uh, I would have probably been a little bit more scary than anything we face nowadays. Uh, but the first time you do something like that, it's going to, you're going to be nervous. You're, you're going to be, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, scared at times or, or, or not sure about things. But Timothy, he goes with Paul and he's learning with Paul and Paul showing him, uh, the ministry there. And Timothy must not have gotten scared. He must not have decided to quit. Timothy must have felt that he, uh, was called to preach the word of God also. Uh, so after all of this, Timothy ministers in at least five New Testament churches. Now, I'll give you the references. We're not going to read all these uh, tonight, but uh, 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. So that's 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. Uh, we see that Timothy ministered in the church there at Thessalonica. First uh, Corinthians 4.17, that's First Corinthians 4.17. Uh, we see that Timothy ministered uh, there in Corinth. Philippians 2.19 through 22. Philippians 2.19 through 22. We see that Timothy ministered in Philippi. And then Acts 17.14. Acts 17.14, we see that Timothy was there in Berea. And then finally, 1 Timothy 1.3, Timothy serves in the church there at Ephesus. Uh, so there's at least five there uh, churches that Timothy served in and ministered in uh, as part of his ministry. Uh, so I want to actually uh, consider this thought for a minute that Timothy's ministry is an evangelist. Timothy is an evangelist. Timothy was not just one pastor at one church. Timothy did the work of an evangelist. One proof of this is found in Paul's second letter to Timothy. Uh, so 2 Timothy 4.5, if you want to go there, 2 Timothy 4.5. It says, But watch thou in all things, and endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full the proof of the ministry. 
Uh, so that's Paul writing to Timothy, obviously, and he tells him to do the work of an evangelist, which uh, at this time he has already been doing. I think Paul's encouraging him to keep at it, don't quit kind of uh, encouragement there. Uh, other proof is found in Timothy's service that we've talked about, his service to the Lord. He helped Paul in many locations. He also helped in many different churches. Uh, he played all different kinds of roles in his service to God. Uh, he even helped write letters for Paul later on in Paul's life there. Uh, Timothy did many things in many places, including those five churches that I mentioned just a minute ago. Uh, so that, I believe that's how we know that Timothy was an evangelist. Uh, Timothy's uh, call at the time of writing First and Second Timothy, if we consider that, we see that Timothy was called to minister to the people at Ephesus for this time. This is where Timothy was serving God when both books, First and Second Timothy, was written. First uh, Timothy one three it says, "As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine." Uh, so we see here this uh, Timothy's call here, basically, to minister to the believers in Ephesus, and we see that it was a call of necessity. It was a call of necessity. There was a need for someone to minister in Ephesus. And Paul couldn't stay and do it because God was calling Paul to go to Macedonia. So that left a need. And that means that someone needed to be in Ephesus and continue ministering to the people there. Uh, Timothy was the guy. And that's because Timothy was willing to be the guy. If Timothy would have said no, uh, God would have set him aside and picked somebody else to do it that was willing to serve him. Uh, Timothy was the guy. Timothy was willing to be the guy. So praise God for people who step up and serve when there is a need. Uh, there are needs all over the place. If you're not sure what God wants you to do, if you see a need, uh, try doing that. And even if it's... Not what you're going to do the rest of your life. At least you served God right then. Uh, I, I once heard, uh, I think it was on the radio, they said, uh, if you're not sure what God has called you to do, do everything. And you will quickly figure out which thing it was that God has called you to do. And I think that's great advice. Uh, I, first of all, you'd be busy serving the Lord and you'll be closer to God and God would be able to show you his leading a whole lot easier. Uh, but also, you can maybe figure out things that you're weak in, things that you're better in, and eventually God will show you what you need to be doing. Uh, so Timothy is this guy. He steps up. Uh, he sees a need, and he steps up. And There are needs all over the place. If we open our eyes, we will see the needs. And if we're like Timothy, uh, we will step up and serve in these areas. Uh, of need. We need more Timothys in the church today. Uh, God has open job positions all over the place. Uh, no one uh, seems to be filling these positions at times. Uh, Matthew 9.37, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Jesus said that many years ago, and it's still true today. Uh, there's a song, I, I sang it uh, a year, maybe two years ago, uh, and it's titled, My House is Full, But My Field is Empty. And that is just so true. It, it talks about, it's a, to me, it's a very sad song. It, it makes me very sad listening to that song. It talks about how God's children just want to uh, sit around and benefit from having God as their father, but they can't get up and do anything for God. And no one wants to work for God anymore. Uh, we need more workers. 
We need more Christians to uh, desire to serve God. We need more believers to love God enough to serve Him and keep serving Him and keep serving Him. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about tonight as we study, uh, start this study of First and Second Timothy is the actual beginning of the church of Ephesus. Uh, the beginning of the church of Ephesus. To find the beginning, we have to go back to the first time the gospel was uh, gets to Ephesus, and that brings us back to the first time Paul gets to Ephesus. So Paul goes to Ephesus in Acts 18, 19. So if you want to turn there, it's Acts chapter 18, verse 19. It says, Acts eighteen nineteen, and he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Now, this would be the first time uh, the truth of the gospel reached Ephesus. Uh, Paul does not stay very long here. Just two verses later, he is leaving them. Uh, Acts chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. When they desired him to tarry longer with them, he consented not, but bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you, if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. Uh, this first trip of Paul to Ephesus would be when the first believers uh, in the truth of Jesus were born. Uh, this would be the infant stage, if you would, of the church at Ephesus. Now, Paul would return to Ephesus, Acts 19.1. It says, And he came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Uh, so, obviously, his first trip there, he uh, was able to preach the gospel. And there was... Uh, Christians born there, believers in Jesus Christ and put their faith in Jesus. And so he finds them again in Ephesus when he goes the second time. Uh, this is when Paul then teaches them about the Holy Spirit. And Paul stays that time for two whole years to continue teaching and preaching to them. So now we have basically the complete background of this letter from Paul to Timothy. Uh, there's just one last thing I want to point out about the letters to Timothy yeah, Paul is writing to Timothy to help him in the ministry. This letter is to help him. Uh, it's not trying to reprimand him. It's not trying to discourage him. It's actually trying to do the very opposite, trying to encourage him and help him in his ministry. Uh, everyone in the ministry needs help. Uh, we need to pray for anyone in the ministry. Uh, we need to encourage those in the ministry. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I think it's been very great lately. I feel like uh, the encouragement level is higher than it's ever been here, and, and I truly uh, appreciate that. Sometimes uh, when you do things, you don't know if it's connecting. Uh, you don't know uh, you know, if, if it made sense. You don't know if it's helping anyone uh, by saying something. That's a huge encouragement. So I appreciate all the encouragement that I've personally received uh, lately. It, it's been great. Uh, Timothy is newer in the ministry, so Paul is giving him some advice, uh, and that was given to Paul by God to tell Timothy. Uh, this advice is mainly pointed at helping Timothy with guiding the church in Ephesus and helping with some issues in the church there. Uh, we, as we go through this book, we will see how this advice is still relevant to the church even today, especially when dealing with the specific instructions for the church. We also see Paul trying to continue to encourage Timothy. 
Uh, Timothy, I think at times, uh, was a little standoffish. He got a little, uh, maybe shy or, or wasn't bold enough. And I think Timothy's try, or Paul's trying to encourage Timothy. And that is just so important. Uh, like I said, it just means so much to me. And I'm sure Pastor Chuck feels the same way. Uh, it just means so much to hear encouraging words, uh, from you guys. Uh, you don't have to lie to us and tell us how amazing we are. But you can, you know, just that, just a simple thank you is just amazing. It makes you feel like, like you you did something, like like God worked through you. It's it's such an encouragement. Uh, seeing uh, people's faces here when we preach is an encouragement. I I know uh, that it's harder to preach with less people. It's just it just gets to you or something. Uh, but the the fuller it is when you guys show up, that is an encouragement. So if you don't know how to encourage Pastor Chuck or I, just show up, and that is an encouragement. Uh, if an opportunity opportunity presents itself to encourage a brother or sister in Christ, uh, take that opportunity. Encourage each other. Encourage preachers of the Word of God as well. Encourage with words and with actions. Like I said, just showing up is an encouragement. But encourage with your words as well. Uh, show your, your smiling face. That's an encouragement as well. Uh, Timothy is blessed to have someone like Paul to help him and encourage him. And I'm excited to take a deep look at these letters that Paul sent to him. Uh, and, and I think we're going to learn a little bit along the way. I'm excited about this study. So this was kind of just an introductory message tonight. I hope we all got a little bit out of this tonight. Uh, so let's close in prayer.